Welcome to Distinct Poplar, a twice-monthly audio fiction series written and narrated by Matt Herzberg from www.distinctpoplar.com. This is episode 13 of series 1, Punishment. Bree didn't seem to understand that their budding friendship had to end, even when Chellen tried to hint at it. Naturally, the younger girl felt a kinship with Chellen after she had stuck up for her against Erga Drumlick. Bree assumed this meant that they were friends now, so Chellen found her at her elbows often, seemingly appearing out of nowhere. Chellen would be walking down a hallway coming out of class or getting ready to leave for the day, and somehow, some way, Bree was right there, right beside her. It was as if the kid appeared magically out of thin air when Chellen wasn't looking. Hiya, Chellen, she said, in that cheerful and over-eager voice surprising Chellen as she closed her locker door. Bree's young face beamed at her like a bright light with her oversized glasses, squinting eyes, and large smile. Hey, Briegland, Chellen replied, with a bit of a start. She wasn't accustomed to finding such a super cheerful sight hiding behind her locker door, as she slammed it home and spun the code dial to reset the padlock. Oh, you can call me Bree, reassured the other girl. We're way past formalities at this point. Chellen smiled at her. Yeah, I guess we are. But it was then, just at that moment, that she remembered that she was not supposed to carry on in conversation with non-ROMs, and if there were any of her own kind sifting through the suffocating crowds of student traffic that clogged the hallways around her, Chellen would be in a lot of trouble. So she decided to keep it short. I gotta get to class, Breeze, so I'll see you later. Chellen spat out the words quickly as she tossed one loop of her backpack over her shoulder and started to push her way into the slowly moving student traffic. That's okay. I've got a class this way too, announced Bree. We can walk together. Chellen shuddered at the thought, but smiled at Bree nonetheless, and nodded with false agreement and approval. The two girls made their way slowly through the masses of other students en route to their classes, and all the while Bree was chattering on about their homework assignment from stuffy Mr. Fullfoot and their shared World Machines of Wonderment class. And also, the deliberately and overcomplicated overdone machine that they had to design and eventually build in order to pass the class. Chellen, on the other hand, only loosely responded and did so in a way to make it seem less obvious to onlookers that the two were actually having a conversation, all the while sending out small, quick looks around her shoulders with a lowered head to make sure there weren't any other ROMs around watching her. If she was lucky, the two girls would just look like they were standing next to each other, 
Breeze stammering away excitedly to herself, and Chellin detached and oblivious to it. The ball will roll down the track and build up enough momentum to push a thin plastic flap all the way around. Breeze shouted excitedly and carried on to no end, fervently detailing every piece of her class project. Despite the loud clamor of Bree's voice, Chellen heard next to none of it as she lowered her head, crossed her arms over her chest, and pushed forward as fast as she could, the act of which didn't seem to concern Bree in the slightest, who only talked faster and louder as she followed Chellen on her heels. The ball then travels further down the track through the two loop-de-loops and on its way to the first pulley. Chellen couldn't help but let a deep sigh of relief escape when they made it to her next period class. Finally, she could be separated from Bree, and hopefully she managed not to be noticed by anyone that mattered. All right, this is me, gotta go, she whispered, and rushed into her classroom, leaving Bree behind her completely unfazed, as if this sort of abandonment was normal. Oh, okay, Chellen, I'll see you later announced the younger girl loudly as Chellen disappeared into her class as quickly as possible. The sound of Bree's voice seemed to cause Chellen a unique kind of extreme discomfort. When Chellen got to her seat, her shoulders were up, her head was down, and her arms were tightly crossed. There was a simple, striking sliver of annoyance that bit deep within her brain, like Bree's irritating high-pitched voice was stabbing her between the ears each time it said Chellen's name. It was so needy and entitled. That voice, oh, that voice. But that wasn't all. Didn't the girl understand the situation like everyone else in school seemed to be able to? Roms and typicals didn't mix, and Chellen had appearances to keep up, or her parents would find out and be upset with her. She could picture them now, her parents towering over her, with scolding fingers raised and ready to issue forth a punishment, her mother's harsh look of disapproval under super black swooping U-shaped bangs, her father's nostrils flaring while he absently tugged at the ends of his brown, curved, and waxed barbershop mustache. Chellen, what have we told you about talking with typicals? The disappointment in their voice was oozing out the sides of their mouths like some sort of putrid, toxic slime. Everyone is talking about you, Chellen. How could you bring such shame to our family? Then, all of a sudden, she was seven years old again, just a dumb little kid who just said hi to the wrong stranger or wanted to play with some other kids on the playground. Kids that weren't dressed in black, that didn't wear tiny faux leather jackets, and who didn't sport little wallet chains and bandanas. Her parents started growing in size just then, so much that Chellen became lost in their shadows as the light above them was blotted out by their enormous heads. And the words of scorn and dismay continued, along with the stinking, bubbling ooze that now vomited in between sentences. We didn't raise you like this, they both said in booming voices, right before violently puking out the toxic poison. 
lurching forward, the bubbling green liquid spilling out all over the ground. So much of it splashed around that Chellen had no choice but to quickly jump out of the way or be swept up by the sludge. Then both parents wiped their mouths with the back of their hands and continued with one single word. PUNISHMENT! Punishment was different for Chellen than most other kids. Not because she was a Rom, but because she just didn't have that much that could be taken away from her. Her parents' original idea of punishment, when she was a lot younger, was to make Chellen read. When she did something wrong, her parents sent her to a large wooden bookshelf, and she was instructed to pick something out to read for an hour or two, instead of going outside to play. This was fine with Chellen, who became so invested in what she found on the old bookshelf that she often read way past her punishment times. And yes, Chellen was a bad kid of sorts, for she was sent to the bookshelf often. That was where her father's many half-read projects on Rom philosophy, Rom religion, and Rom culture were tightly crammed together. Her father was notorious at becoming a jumpstart expert, in something by buying a book about it. Once he started a few chapters, however, his interest in studying mysteriously disappeared, despite his commentary about the subject never ceasing, especially when his greasy-haired friends came over to drink mushroom tea and wax intellectual about such things on the bookshelf. Chellen would sit outside her father's den with her arms around her knees, listening to the men debate back and forth about things that Chellen had actually read about, unlike her father, whose passionate voice always seemed to boom the loudest, but had little actual knowledge or experience to back it up. The bookshelf was also the place where her mother's romance books were hidden, the great scandalous masterpieces of adult fiction, written by the most lauded deadbeat rom writers of her parents' generation. These were her mother's guilty pleasures, and soon they became Chellen's entire world during her parents' misguided punishments. For they sent Chellen to the bookshelf to pick out a punishment, and never mind that she'd be missing for hours, hidden under the basement stairs of their apartment building with a flashlight, engrossed in the very best of critically acclaimed Rom literary pornography that was not meant for her young mind, but she loved it nonetheless. Trying to punish Chellen in this way, it had the opposite effect. As her parents would soon discover, Chellen loved reading and she loved the old physical nature of books most of all. She loved holding them. She loved the sour smell of the bindings. She loved the feel of the paper pages between her fingers and the uniform ink fonts that formed the letters and punctuation. Chellen had fallen in love with books completely and utterly. Those impossibly old things. Not like the modern technology of computers and handheld devices, which threatened to make them obsolete. Chellen rejected that. She knew it was a very wrong thing to do, to reject the new in favor of the old. So maybe she wasn't such a bad rom after all. 
Would a parent then do the opposite of what they should and take away books from a kid that likes to read? The answer was no. Chellin's parents were not about to do that. What they could do, what they would do if they found out about Bree, or worse, found out about Blix, would be to take away Chellin's freedom and her access. That access was to her parents, and to the ROM way of life that, deep down, Chellin could honestly admit that she did love the old parts from the books that she had read, even if she was disconnected from the modern incarnation. For not many people realized that being a ROM meant that your parents were your first and best friends, that they became the gatekeepers to everything that would be your life until you become of age to get your exes and start the path to becoming an adult. This was because almost every ROM kid was an only child. The reason for this being that ROMs held a socially mindful outlook on the environment and were convinced that there were too many people in this city of distinct poplar, and moreover the world. Too many people taking up too much of the space, and consuming the resources that future generations would need to depend on. Yes, overpopulation was a huge concern amongst Rom adults, or so Chellin learned through the books she read in her father's section of the big bookshelf. The way it stood now... As an only child with two working parents, Chellin had come to rely on her independence. She had the ability to do almost whatever she wanted, whenever she wanted, as long as her grades were good and she stayed out of trouble. Her parents, like most adult Roms, were invested in being the cool friend of their child instead of the disciplinarian. Chellin loved her parents and took to heart whether or not they approved of her and what she did. Growing up to this point, there only ever was the three of them, as Chellin didn't really have many childhood friends. Back when she was a dumb little kid, if you had asked her who her best friends was, she would have answered, My mom, and also my dad, because the three of them did absolutely everything together. They went to political rallies, they went thrifting for treasures, they played old board games on game night, and made crude art projects on craft night. But as Chellin got older, her parents started to give her more room, more space, more freedom. They started doing their own thing and expected Chellin, a teenage girl, to start doing her own thing too. But she didn't really want to. Secretly, Chellin just wanted to keep hanging out with her two best friends, as if she was just a dumb little kid still. But she wasn't dumb or little. And during a time when most kids her age were pulling away from their parents, Chellin found herself missing them more and more, despite the fact that they were still very much around her. This was why Chellin's freedom was so important to her, because she had grudgingly accepted it and made it her own. She used it to stay after school, to become curious about the city, to watch the typicals. It was the only thing her parents had ever given her that could be taken away if they became displeased with something that she did. If that happened, it's not like her parents would come back around. Chellin had tested this in the past. Getting into trouble had not made her parents come back to her. It had only driven them further away, which kept her further isolated from everything that Roms did. 
When Rom families met up with each other on holidays, Chelan was at home in a room and under the covers. When Rom events and protests were going on in the city, Chelan wasn't allowed to be a part of it. When Rom kids hung out together, Chelan was all but an outsider if her parents would even let her attend. That's what happened when Chelan got into trouble. She was cut off from the culture. After class, sure enough, Bree was ready and waiting for Chelan at the doorway. Her arms were crossed over her school books, and she bounced hurriedly up and down with excitement. It was as if the younger girl had teleportation powers, as Chelan had no idea how she could have made it this far in such a short period of time. Chelan looked around the hallway for some sort of clue. How had she done it? How had Bree gotten here so quickly from her own class? Hi, Chelan. Bree greeted her with a cascading voice that got louder and louder towards the end of each progressive sentence. Do you have any plans for lunch? I mean, like besides food, of course, because you've got to eat, am I right? Well, well, we all do essentially. No, what I mean is, were, were you, were you, you're where you're eating? No, what I mean to ask was, <laughs> so where are you eating? The younger girl became increasingly frustrated, pushing her absurdly heavy glasses back up to their rightful place on her absurdly small nose, and made a sour face of frustration. This was not going smoothly for her, which softened Chelan's heart. Chelan smiled at her weakly. All right, all right, I'll eat lunch with you, she conceded. But it can't be in the lunchroom. It has to be somewhere private, a place for just the two of us. Unfortunately, there were too many people who could see them together, and Chelan couldn't risk the possible exposure, especially when it was her wish to level completely with Bree about the two of them not being friends. No more letting her down easy since she hadn't taken the hints up to this point. That's fine, chirped Bree. I know just the place. You do? asked Chelan, nursing a pregnant pause filled with skepticism. How was it that Bree knew of somewhere that they could meet privately so easily? She had just rattled this off as if it was nothing. Yep, answered Bree excitedly, and you'll love it because nobody ever goes there and nobody knows about it. She paused again as if to correct what she had just said. Well, almost nobody. Suffice to say, Bree was too excited to continue talking and grabbed Chelan's hand with her own much smaller one, pulling it down to her level. In no time, she had produced a purple permanent marker from the front pocket of her orange and yellow overalls, and before Chelan could react, the younger girl had written something on the back of her hand with it, the act of which horrified Chelan to no end, as the marker was surely full of harmful chemicals that could contaminate her pristine soft skin. Not to mention that she had just been marked. The thick lines of dark purple splotches stuck out and didn't belong there. She forcefully yanked her hand away reflexively as if she was now under attack. But Bree didn't seem to notice or care for that matter. See you then, was all that she could manage. And don't be late, she added before bounding off down the hallway. 
the straps of her backpack firmly gripped in her small hands at the shoulders. The long animal ears that sprouted out of the top of it flittered behind her like tattered pieces of a very long cape. Chellin raised her sullied hand up to her face to get a good look at what had just happened. The vibrant purple markings had smeared before the marker strokes had dried. It read three numbers and a letter, which Chellin read out loud. Her nose filled with the smell of peppermint. It read one, zero, zero, and lowercase d. been enjoying distinct poplar we would love to hear about it please consider rating and reviewing us on youtube itunes or wherever you found our stories positive reviews go a long way to helping us find new listeners and we truly appreciate it you've been listening to series one episode 13 punishment written and narrated by matt herzberg and copyright wednesday july 25th 2018 the music for this episode is by Chris Zabriskie. For more information, check out the show notes in this episode's description. For more stories like this one, as well as ebooks and more information about the city that forgot to stay clean, check us out online at www.distinctpoplar.com or through our social media. Just search for Distinct Poplar on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Stop by. Say hello. Hello.